acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. And, ooh. Wow. Loftus? <laughs> I'm trying a new okay. I'm trying a new thing. Great. Uh, I'm still Caitlin Durante. We have a podcast called the Bechdel cast in which we discuss the portrayal and representation of women in cinema through we sure do. a feminist lens. Because uh, wouldn't you know it, Hollywood usually fucks up real bad when it comes to portraying women well. I'm struggling taking this baby bell cheese out of its waxy container. Mm. Did you ever uh, know that you can eat the wax? Oh, can you? Uh, yeah, if you think it's food. The first time you have baby bell cheese, maybe you're, I don't know, out on a date with someone and they're like, hey, do you want some baby bell cheese? And you're like, yeah. I, and then you just bite into it thinking there's no task to perform before you can. Anyways. Well, that's a good example of a conversation that I think passed the Bechdel test. Because I, did, yeah, I didn't specify what gender the date was. The date right. was. So, and, I, and I won't now. <laughs> uh, so I'm pretty, yeah, that passed the Bechdel test. And if you're mm -hmm. still curious what that is, I shall elaborate. It is a, a test that you apply to media, like movies, for example, that requires that two female characters speak to each other, they have names, and their conversation cannot be about a man. So, that is the... Should the, I bring up Pussy Saga again? Or... <laughs> People can be all pussy sagged out from last week. I, th I think we're extremely pussy sagged out. Just to all, to all our listeners out there who are on the pussy saga that is their life. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we wish you the best in your pussy saga. Yes. I just wanted to say it. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Caitlin's we- <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> I don't understand why you're mad so soon. Yeah. It usually takes me like 20 minutes or so. <laughs> I know. I'm getting I'm getting stressed and put, tearing up my cheese into small pieces. No, I'm not mad. Uh, okay. I'm happy that you brought up pussy saga. But I did want to just stay on track and say that the Beckel test <laughs> is what we use as a just a basis for a larger conversation. Yeah. So... I say without much further ado, we should introduce our guest, uh, oh, yeah. who is a wonderful person. He is a musician. He's a very funny person. Chris Farron. Hi. Hi, Hi Chris. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks for of coming on the course. podcast. Chris, so, of course, has been fully restrained. Yes. Uh, with, mm-hmm. But because he is a, a trusted friend, bungee cords. Yeah, thank you. A comfortable mm-hmm. restraint. Yeah, I can yeah. move a little bit. We have the scary stuff. We have sharper stuff. Right. But, but that's for interrupters. A it, friend of mine. Uh, sorry. You uh, just interrupted I'm me, so Chris, sorry. and you no, have no, to go. No, I, I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we're Chris, you have brought us the movie Frozen. Yes. Why did you pick this? Tell us about your history with this movie. Okay. So, three years ago, I saw this movie for the first time, and I just, I, I really... Something about it really activated my mind. Okay. And I really, really liked it. And I became obsessed with it. No kidding. Yeah. And I had like merch that had frozen characters on it. Like I sold merch that said my name, Uh but it also had frozen people. Probably illegal. Oh, or definitely illegal. Well, when we you were emailing us like with your few different movie picks, uh-huh. uh, and we were sort of deliberating which one to go with, and we were like, "What if? What if we just do Frozen?" And then we like combined your name with it, so it was like Chris Farozen. Oh yeah, like F A R R O Z E N. Yeah, that works. <laughs> it works really well. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Um, I should have done that for the shirt. And then, like, people who would come to my shows would start bringing me frozen swag. So you really That's love so this cool. movie. I, I did. I did, yeah, for oh, sure. But I mean, I still, I still love it, but I, am, I have a tendency to get, like, all in on things and then, and back and then off I'm a just bit. like, well, I think it was mostly, and I'm sorry to anybody hearing this, who maybe brought me stuff. Do we have a Scalusi right now? No, 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 no. I just, uh, I get pretty sick of it because of how much, my own fault, I I like attached it to myself. Mm -hmm. My apartment is full of frozen stuff. (laughs) And I was, I like kind of looked around one day, I was like, I don't like anything this much. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I kind of started cooling off. Sure. Hey, cooling off? Did would you say? And, oh God! Did I say what? Frozen? The, the 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 temperature of frozen, which is cold. And then okay, <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going. No, no don't stop. <laughs> it's I am stopping. Uh, much like flowing water does when it gets frozen, it stops. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. A good job. But again, I say thank you to anybody who ever brought me any sort of frozen gift. Yes. Wow. Here's the thing. We often get tweets, Facebook messages, uh, different methods of correspondence from fans. Some of them are men asking us to not have so many men on the podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) I think... And we're we're we hear you. We're we're listening to our fans. We're, we're listening, but, but sometimes we're ignoring as well. Well, sometimes 
I think the reason that we still have on male guests, because often they are wonderful and our fans acknowledge that, but I think it's important to, in a situation like yours where you loved the movie Frozen and you brought it to us, like this movie was intended largely for like young girl audiences. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't expect a grown adult man to like really have this movie resonate with them. So I think it's interesting and good to include the representation of a grown man <laughs> loving <laughs> wow i feel like so that's on where... behalf of all grown men <laughs> i feel like i'm being roasted almost but it's yeah. nice no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylin, i did like how you you slowed your spears you slowed the sentence down when you're like a full grown <laughs> man <laughs> Who likes Frozen? And it's good that that exists, too. <laughs> That's how my mom would talk to me when she thought I was, like, doing something fucked up too much. But, like, it wasn't illegal. You know? She's like, well, I think it's interesting that you eat dog food on stage. <laughs> and I can't tell you no. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, love it. Love anyway, it. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, Chris, is we're very happy you're here. And I'm happy to be here. Yes. And we like you so much. And we're so glad you brought us the movie Frozen. This is my first time seeing this movie this morning. I did not know that. And I love a princess movie and all the problems that come with it. But mm-hmm. I, lo- I love a princess movie. I think the reason that I did not see this movie is because when this movie came out, I was a substitute teacher in elementary school. And it would be all they would talk about. Yeah. And it was horrible uh, <laughs> it was just total and, and my mom is a teacher as well and so is so my um, cousin it was just like there was a lot of adult fatigue coming off this movie because it was so popular in, yeah. a, in a way that like few movies are anymore like it's like a movie just everyone has seen it to the point where when I was a substitute gym teacher brag I w- could <laughs> literally coerce the children into I'm just like Go have the time with the ball over there. And then at the end of class, I will play Let It Go. If you Mm. do what I tell you, the whole class, and they would do it because kids... There is something is activated within them when they hear that song (laughs) or, or was a couple of years ago. Sure. But I think still is. Like, every child on the planet has seen this movie and likes it. Yeah. Yeah. When that song started, when I watched it today, when it started, I was thinking, okay... This is overplayed, this song. And then about halfway through it, I was like, I love this song so much. <laughs> it's a good song. I was, I was so excited when she like lets her hair down and then her mm. outfit changes. It's so cool. It's a very empowering song for her. Yeah. And moment in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the movie for the first time. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I think I saw it like right after, like when it came out on DVD. <laughs> And Caitlin loves DVDs. Love DVDs. That's cool. <laughs> Caitlin has more DVDs than anyone I know. Most of them were bought between the years of like 2002 and 2010, we'll say. Wow. Yeah, that, I've yeah. hardly bought any in the past several years. But I don't even have a DVD damn player. Whoa. Uh, wow. Is that counter cool? cu- <laughs> The counterculture has yeah. arrived. Yeah. I don't have a DVD player or a TV. That's, That's okay. cool. 
Thank you so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so anyway, I saw this movie shortly after it came out, and it did not quite resonate with me the same way it did for you. I was like, oh, it's cute. It's okay. But um, I only saw Frozen that one time before rewatching it yesterday, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's a good movie. Like, I think the story is flimsy. I think overall... It is net positive in what messages it sends, especially considering the intended audience. But, like, I compared this movie to Moana, and Moana's its characters are so much better. Its script is so much tighter. I like the yeah. songs a lot better. Like, the animation's a lot better. Moana does feel like more of a fully realized movie. There's parts of yeah. Frozen that feel incomplete, kind of. Yeah, or just like thrown together. It's like, why is Olaf there? Like, I get why he's there, but like, I does it serve the there. story you at hate all? Olaf. I hate that he's, yeah, that's a hill I'll die on. <laughs> I was arguing in the car over here. I think that if Josh Gad is in the movie at all, it cannot pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> There's no, if he is on the roster, it cannot. I don't know why I have such a visceral hatred of Josh Gad, but I do want to steal his lunch money and throw him in a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just... Okay, uh, I just want to say that we on the Bechtelcast do not endorse bullying. Except but, as it pertains but, to Josh Gad. Okay, there's always an asterisk. Your words, not mine. Uh, should I do the recap? Yes. Okay. So Frozen centers around two sisters, one named Anna and one named Elsa. They are very close as children. Something about Elsa is that she has these like kind of magical ice powers where she can conjure up snow and she can turn anything into ice and also... <laughs> create snowmen who are anthropomorphized and uh, she can she can just summon josh gad <laughs> which is more of a curse <laughs> than anything else and oh, yeah so she has all these powers that are getting stronger with age and that are like exacerbated when she's feeling feelings and while she's like pl- they're like playing with her magical powers elsa injures anna and her parents have to take her to these troll magical things. They're cute. They're fine. They're made of they're stones cute. and I don't get why they're there. So the troll king is like, we have to erase all of your memories of Elsa having powers. So then Elsa kind of goes into seclusion because like she's encouraged by her family to not use her powers and she becomes like a bit of a shut in mm-hmm. and then their parents die. Uh, of course. And then, of course. At least both of them die. True. <laughs> subverting the... Subverting At least both of them die. <laughs> subverting the normal princess <laughs> option. They become total orphans. Yeah. Right. They go full orphan. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, Elsa comes of age and she is about to have the coronation ceremony where she will become queen. And she's nervous because she's like, what if my powers come through? Because no one knows about them, including Anna, because her memory has been erased. And then all these like visitors come for the coronation, including this guy, Hans, mm-hmm. who... Anna falls in love with immediately and they get engaged. Yes. And then Anna goes to Elsa and she's like, do you give us your blessing for us to get married? And Elsa's like, no, that's stupid. And also ice everywhere. And her powers are unleashed and everyone's like, oh my God, she's a monster. So she runs away and builds an ice castle on a mountain. Sure. As you do. Of course. And (laughs) it's a beautiful castle. It is cute. Stunning. (laughs) It is. 
Chris is it getting is. back into it. <laughs> I would say it's like not very well furnished, but wow. she doesn't need it. <laughs> She's she a- can do whatever she wants. I don't even think she ever sleeps. Maybe not. She's an no, independent woman. She doesn't need no lounge furniture. <laughs> yeah, she's just walking around looking at stuff, freezing this. Mm. Have you guys heard about the the uh, fan theory that brings together Tangled and Frozen and Little Mermaid? No. Uh-uh, I that sort sounds of interesting. It is. It brings together a lot of white princesses. <laughs> uh, so... So you see uh, at the coronation scene, because I knew to look for this, even though I'd never seen Frozen, Rapunzel is there. Because um, you know how at the end of Tangled, she has like that brown haircut. and But she's there. You can There's like a screenshot. That was like an intentional Easter egg. Mm. But then one fan took it like all the way and assumed that Anna and Elsa's parents got in a boat accident on the way to Rapunzel's wedding. <gasps> And the boat sank, which is why Rapunzel would feel like she has to come to the coronation three mm-hmm. years later because mm-hmm. the parents died on the way to the wedding. Also, Tangle came out three years before Frozen, and then Frozen says three years later. Mm-hmm. So that, there's that connection. Then the sunken boat that the parents die in is the shipwreck at the beginning of The Little Mermaid oh that Ariel explores. God. Well, that shipwreck, I mean, we're led to believe that that's cool. all of this stuff happens in, in Frozen in like some Scandinavian culture, I believe, or Nordic, some something like that, right? Yeah, but where is? But I don't know where they would be going. I don't know where Rapunzel takes place because they would be somewhere between oh. somewhere. And then Ariel, I don't even know where she is. It's all vaguely European. Little Mermaid happens, yeah. I believe, in the Caribbean. Oh yeah, like when the. But there's only white people there. Well, it's there's like the colonialism songs. that are they're like it's like all the white. I don't know if they're French or something, but they're all um, know you know inhabiting those Caribbean islands. And... Oh wait, there's no, there's maps. No, okay, <gasps> no, it tracks Norway, Denmark is, I believe, Little Mermaid, Germany. Okay, <laughs> those are the three. I don't have any information beyond Norway, Denmark, <laughs> Germany. Those are the three countries that is written on the BuzzFeed article. Well, I'm a trained journalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's a fun. I mean, it's a fun idea, idea to entertain. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyway, where did I? Okay, so Elsa builds her ice castle, and in so doing, like it unleashes this internal or er, uh, eternal. Yep, eternal. <laughs> winter so all like the townspeople they're like oh no so anna is like oh i have to go to elsa and get her back so that she can be my sister again and get rid of this eternal winter in so doing she meets Kristoff, who helps her get up the mountain and then anna confronts elsa and she's like no you have to stay away from me because you won't be safe and i i'm gonna put you in danger and then immediately creates a giant snow monster to chase her away you know to keep her safe (laughs) a weird a weird (laughs) there's so many things that happen in this movie that like because it's been four years since it came out, I was like, "This is not what I thought happened in this movie." <laughs> like it mm-hmm. doesn't follow the storyline I had yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird shit. In Elsa's defense of creating the snow monster, <laughs> why did she do that? <laughs> she was just she just made him, and then all the snow monster initially did was just pick him up and just throw him out, mm-hmm. and then Anna mm-hmm. threw a snowball at him, which is yeah, but he which is rude. Which is aggressive. Yeah. That's aggressive. Yeah. 
I still think that he was in the wrong and that Elsa The snow was, monster? Yes. And Elsa was wrong for creating such a, a an entity that was right. capable of such evil. I think it was That's, misguided. Yeah. 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 Okay. But she also doesn't seem to have a lot of... She doesn't seem to have very good control of her powers. Right. For, which is why she secludes herself. Mm-hmm. So right. in some ways, by them showing up, she's like, I can't control my powers. I'm not ready. She's not totally... Like, they're like, no, you just don't believe in yourself. And it's like, no, but also she clearly... <laughs> does she also can't do she can't yeah yet. i see that anyway so they have to return to arendelle oh because in this like interaction that anna and elsa have elsa accidentally attacks her with her ice magic again but this time in her heart mm-hmm. and they go to Kristoff's family and friends which are again the the stone troll people they're cute they're whatever <laughs> anyway so the troll king is like, oh, whenever the ice magic attacks you in the heart, the only way to fix that is an act of true love. So they interpret that to mean that Anna needs to receive love true kiss from her new fiance, Hans. Mm-hmm. So they rush back to the castle. But Hans is like, actually, I'm a murderer mm-hmm. who was here just to plot yep. and conspire against you mm-hmm. to steal mm-hmm. the throne. Here to plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hate when he's actually, you think you in love, but actually... <laughs> He's here to plot. Uh-huh. Oh, I wish I could have said that all the way through. <laughs> so then Anna is like dying and Kristoff is like, oh shit, I have to go back because I actually love her, unlike Hans. And then Elsa is like, wait, I fucked everything up. I almost killed my sister. I have to go back to Arendelle too. So there's this like confrontation. Hans is about to kill Elsa and Anna sacrifices herself to save Elsa, which is the act of true love that was needed to melt her icy heart and bring her back to life. Love it. And then like Hans gets arrested. Anna and Kristoff share a kiss. And then that's pretty much the end of the movie. And then like, oh my God, it's summer again. And oh, love is what thaws everything. Mm -hmm. So I just have to feel love because Elsa had been told not to feel anything. True. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, oh, what if I- Conceal it, don't feel it. Exactly. But if I just feel (laughs) love- Wait, is that a reference to something? (laughs) (laughs) So everything's fixed and Olaf is still there. Why doesn't someone take a blowtorch to that thing? <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, the, the opposite of that. They give him a snow cloud a personal to carry him around. And his own little Netflix special or whatever the fuck. Oh, no, wait. No. There was that thing that... What, what movie did that play before? Coco. Co- it right. was a 22-minute long Disney short that played in front of Coco, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, and I'm so People upset People were about so it. upset about that that they stopped showing it. They were yeah. like, there's a half-hour Josh Gad joint like no one would pay for that it has to be foisted upon you yeah uh god josh gad yeah (laughs) so that's the story of frozen great thanks for the cat thank you so much here's some initial thoughts i have okay well jamie you mentioned both the parents dying so subverting the trope because most disney movies especially ones that are fairy tales have like the dead mom trope Right. Where it's a princess and she has no mom, but her dad is still around. This movie, both of her parents are alive, but if you notice, her mom doesn't say anything. Oh, word. Yeah. She is there, but it's like the king who does all the talking and makes all the decisions. And the mother, I don't think, has a single line. Not that I notice, but it's bizarre because it's like they do a few tight shots on her giving a meaningful look. And it's like, why can't she just 
say something because mm-hmm. there it would be kind of interesting to have introduced that into the dynamic of the parents of like I wouldn't think it'd be out of the realm of possibility for like, obviously the king has the final word because literal patriarchy, Mm -hmm. but to see the queen be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we shouldn't force our daughters to be separate their whole lives. Just like a line of that would have been helpful. But you see her give, I think at one point she gives Anna like this look of like, yeah, sucks, don't it? (laughs) Like, but she doesn't say anything. Yeah. Was frustrated by that. Yeah, I think there was easily an opportunity to introduce that sort of dynamic. Cut the scene where Olaf is imagining what summer would be like for him. Like, that does not need to be there. You'd melt, bitch! You'd <laughs> melt! I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so much. Like, those scenes do not advance the story at all. They shouldn't be there. There should be more time developing. Yeah, like something like the mother character. Instead, we have a snowman on a beach. Mm-hmm. hilarious so glad it's there i honestly like the second that song hit i was like i knew this was coming and i'm fast forwarding this shit but yeah i mean even from like a story standpoint if we're even putting gender aside like we're not attached to the parent characters at all right because they are sort of just like mean and misguided and they die and you feel bad because you like anna and elsa but not because you like had any attachment to the right right you're like oh yeah. they just sucked yeah. Yeah. So then a few story beats later, it's coronation day and um there's a whole song. There's a whole song la, in la, which la, la, la. Anna sings about how she she's so excited for the people to come cuz she's been so mm-hmm. lonely, which makes sense. Like la, she's la, basically la, la, la. like had to get rid of most of the staff in the castle. Princesses can't stop being locked in their home, right? <laughs> Princesses under house arrest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense that she's excited, but then the song basically shifts to the focus is her like, oh my God, what if I meet the one? I'm so excited to fall in love today. And then, so this story is mostly about her relationship with her sister, Mm. but a large part of her motivation, of Anna's motivation, is falling in love with and being in a relationship with a man. Mm -hmm. I get why they're doing that because this is still a fairy tale and that trope of her whole desire being to fall in love with a man and to end up with a man is subverted at the end. Right. But it's just, I don't know. It's just like, well, why can't we just eliminate that all together? Yeah. I I think that this is like in a way that Moana fortunately doesn't. Frozen like kind of tries to have its cake and eat it too with a lot of the commentary it's making with like, oh yeah, like Anna realizes she doesn't need a man. She still ends up with one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so it's it's like we're presented with, I mean, I, I didn't even really have that much of a problem with the coronation thing because I feel like it was commented on enough mm-hmm. of like oh love at first sight with strangers is a scary concept to teach to children uh, and don't do that and then she you know we then see her get to know a guy and then end up with him which isn't the worst but it's like then Disney still has its way with like one of the princesses ends up with a guy at the end and it's uh, the context has shifted a little but not quite Mm-hmm. enough for it to be like and it was subverted because it I right. don't know, it gets like like 75 percent of the way there I don't, or not even that much yeah because know. initially what they said it's the concept of the movie was to have a movie that wasn't about romantic love right which i think they tried to do but they yeah they, but then they, she still has they just two toss these characters who end up being love triangle love, right yeah right yeah and i feel like the way that they try to talk that off is like well but there's two princesses and only one of them ends up with the guy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, that's not how that yeah. works. That's, 
Yeah, it's frustrating because it's like it's not that I I even have a problem with someone ending up with some, but it's like then don't say you're making this commentary if you're gonna have her end up with a guy at the end, right? You know, because yeah. then you're not really doing what you said you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I can see it where like their relationship isn't the focus of the story, but it is enough of a part of it that you can't ignore it. So. Right. Yeah, I, I have kind of mixed feelings about it. And then the the switch that they go back because they're like, oh, we have to go find Hans because love like that pushes such a large part of the story. But then it's like, oh, well, she realizes that's not what it is. But then it's like, oh, this isn't, but then now she's just going to marry this reindeer guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like who is pretty mean to her. Who negs her constantly. Yes. Very hard. God. Always yeah. telling her to calm down because women be so emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude. You hang out with a reindeer all <laughs> All your life. Your whole life. Yeah, your only friend. And trolls. Ooh, let's apply let's apply the uh the Buscemi test there. Steve Buscemi hanging out with a reindeer his whole life, meets a lady, he's a killer. <laughs> he's, he's not a love interest. All right, because the movie opens with like young Kristoff and he's like Harvesting ice because he's in the ice business. That's I the worst don't. song, by the way. <laughs> it's a really, really bad, bad song. That's the worst it... song. That's the worst type of song in any. Why is it in the movie? Like, why do why I do we open that with that? That's insane. I don't understand what they're really doing either. They're just like mining ice. They're ice prospectors. <laughs> they are. Ice <laughs> yeah. Prospectors. Yeah. Where do they I bring it? And they better get it there fast. It's so cold. <laughs> right. It, it'll melt. That's the worst song. Second worst song is the one where she's getting ready for the party. Uh, I have a <laughs> mental ranking of the songs. The, in my oh head. yeah, wait. What are your hot rankings of the songs? Okay, I gotta write this down. <laughs> yeah, pull up, pull up the soundtrack. Let's figure this out. All right. I am genuinely curious. So from memory, that we've got, and I don't know the names of them. Okay, so we got Ice Guys Making Ice is the worst song. Bad. bad. Worst. And then next worst is uh, getting ready for the party. First time in forever is what it's called. <gasps> Love is an open time. door. I forgot. Oh. Uh, snowman, I would not die in the heat. Third worst. Okay. And then we have the troll song. Oh, right. The fixer upper. Fixer upper. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty good song. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say build a snowman. Chris is a professional musician. That's right. So what he says, very what I goals. say is goes. Yes. <laughs> this is, hey, this is your wheel, your wheelhouse. Yes. We're letting you fly Okay, here. so worst, second worst, third worst. <laughs> okay, and then build a snowman is fourth, but not worst. It's getting good now. <laughs> it's getting so worse. I, I, I did my ranking really weird. <laughs> and then I would say fixer upper, fifth worst. It's actually pretty good. And then sixth worst is Love is an Open Door, which is actually a very good song. And then seventh worst is Let It Go, which is... And seventh worst equals best. best. Also known as the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seventh worst. But I, let's that's how you're framing ranking. it. Yeah, I like, I, are there are only seven ranking. songs. That's I have another big issue then with Maybe Frozen. you are forgetting one or two. But <gasps> I feel like there's a lot of mini songs where you're there's like... There's like a reprise. Some false starts, some reprises. Oh, his little yeah. reindeer song in the in the shed. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, fuck that let's song. Not count I wouldn't it. even count it. That's, but the ice song, the ice grind, song is still worse than that song right but like the last half hour of the movie no songs mm. which bothers me it they're, troubles they're me. too busy True. they're There's, too busy doing uh, stuff but i think well then you should too- never have a song <laughs> if that's all it takes it's totally weird it's yeah like yeah i was reading through and i think that this is kind of like emblematic of 
how hard it is to get a cohesive, cogent story about women told at all, especially on this high a level where it's all, I mean, it's like John Lasseter, which is a whole other thing to unpack because he was very involved in this. But like, if you read through the writing process of this movie, it's crazy how much changes over the course of time where it starts out good sister evil sister Mm. uh, where Elsa's pure evil and she freezes Anna's heart on purpose yeah like right out right out the gate yeah like woman on woman straight up like sisters hating each other for basically no reason and they brought in a female screenwriter Jennifer Lee who Mm -hmm. also co-directs the movie Mm -hmm. also wrote the screenplay for Wreck-It Ralph Mm. Um, but they do another draft of it and this time it's like Elsa's less mean but she still is hurting Anna on purpose because she's jealous of her and like But that's like how these movies have always been written of like, if we're putting it on like, you know, a princess and any stepmother, (laughs) any second wife, right? that's like the dynamic. And when you go through the history of it it took a couple years for this movie to get written in its current way, which is still not perfect, but it's at least you're viewing the sisters as like equals, you know, instead of like good and bad. It's just crazy how how hard it is to get a story about two women told that isn't like based around jealousy mm-hmm. or like one hating the other or whatever. So right, I mean, yeah, this movie subverts at least some of the tropes of a Disney fairy tale princess story, but it still adheres to a lot of them in the sense that so I mean. Anna is the main character. She's the protagonist. Uh, we see the story from her point of view. She's the one with the most agency and bearing on this story. She decides on her own that she's going to set off sort of on her own adventure to go and bring Elsa back so that they can figure out how to melt this eternal winter but um but has three male cohorts by the time she gets there and like she basically she sets off on her own but then almost immediately needs the help of a man and that's when we meet Kristoff and then there's that scene where they're being attacked by wolves which what is it with the evil representation of wolves in Disney movies I mean gosh those wow they're anti-wolf they're in the pro-wolf agenda you know what for our wolf (laughs) listeners out there I feel like they would be upset big wolf community i didn't know that that's cool we have a lot of wolf fans i get along really well with coyotes Mm. saw a coyote yesterday wow driving i was driving (laughs) wait the coyote was not driving coyote was just looking at another dog oh Oh, see they do kind of just look look like sick dogs so it gets confusing yeah i think that would offend our coyote listeners i've almost i've almost touched a coyote multiple times and then been like that dog's so sick (laughs) (laughs) no well uh anyway moving on from wolf-like creatures so the wolves are attacking them she's like i want to help and Kristoff's like no i don't trust your judgment because you just got engaged yesterday to a man that you've hardly yeah he's he's so mean to her he acts so indifferent to her and then when that comes up he's like what that's crazy and it's just like what do you care Right. Yeah. Hard to say. But yeah, he doesn't want her help, but she helps him anyway and actually ends up saving him a couple times. So we see the reverse of a woman. I don't think there's any time, at least in that sequence, where she is damseled. So it subverts the trope right. of her being, you know, damseled and needing to be rescued by a man because instead she saves him. 
But then as the story goes on, more male characters show up, like Olaf, who is, it? is not well, a man. Yeah, I guess yeah so. he's snowman. male identifying. Yeah. You know, voiced by a male identifying actor. So Josh um, Gad. Don't bring up Josh Gad again. <laughs> I will say also in the notes for the way this movie was written, because I think that there's a very clear parallel for this Josh Gad character that drives me crazy. Uh, Jennifer Lee, who wrote the movie, tried to write Olaf out multiple times. <laughs> and they would not let her do it because you need a cute little sidekick because it makes cute stuffed animals. This right. is the same thing that ruined what would have been a great movie, Treasure Planet. Oh, <laughs> there's a robot named Ben in Treasure Planet that ruins the whole movie and you're like that's a studio note why can't they just get the fucking thing out of there and they're like but backpacks but merchandising what's Treasure Planet Treasure, oh, Planet, Treasure is Planet is actually very steampunk which and it's mm. fucked up that I love it so much but steampunk's back baby Ste- steampunk has Westworld. <laughs> oh, what a bird but robot <laughs> uh, yeah it's like a steampunk reimagining of Treasure Island and it's okay. really good except they ruin it in the second half by adding in a really loud obnoxious sidekick named Ben but anyways they tried to write out Olaf also they originally rejected the ending of this movie multiple times like the studio did yeah Mm. like the sisters realizing that sisterly love could be more powerful than a man you had just met (laughs) uh was rejected over and over and over oh we are not surprised how did they get it through weirdly problematic John Lasseter ended up vouching for the ending and and said like I've never seen a movie do this before I think we should give it a try and test screenings and if it doesn't work we'll go Mm -hmm. we'll go full hetero yeah (laughs) Um, and then and also this is the first Disney animated movie ever that is co-directed by a woman wow wow it took a very long time it took a what a hundred years (laughs) literally a hundred years (laughs) Interesting. Uh, well, this is an example of a story where the two main characters of Anna and Elsa are women, but pretty much every other character is a man between yeah. Kristoff and Hans, Sven, the reindeer, who I thought was a moose for a while. Uh, are all our um, moose listeners, Kate. The, <laughs> uh, the Duke of Wesselton, his two like bodyguards, the yeah. Troll King, all of those characters. I think the only other person implied to be a woman is a troll. Yes. Also, the only, this is maybe a whole other can of something, but (laughs) uh, the only implied, like, person of color in the movie is also just a troll. Yeah, that's true. Oh, is it the one who at the very beginning with young Kristoff and young Sven? Yeah. Like, hi. And she's like, oh, you're cute. I'm taking you. Yeah. And she also is like, has a very gospel singery type voice Mm. in the. I think it's coded. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime I see that Mickey Mouse uh, that's in the beginning of this one, it's like from like 1920s. I was like, that Steam- Mickey Mouse is racist. Steamboat oh, Willie? Yeah. Racist. Steamboat Willie? I mean, that's a name that sounds racist <laughs> and is. <laughs> well, yeah. I wanted to talk about how, yeah, all the characters in this movie are white. And granted, it takes place in we can assume sometime before like 19th or 18th century Scandinavia, which is still an extremely But it's also like a a magical fairy Um, tale. But Anna and Elsa are, you know, conventionally beautiful by Western standards. They're very thin. They have like that body type that we see in almost every Disney princess movie where it's like perfectly, it's like, you know, proportioned in such a way, you know, very narrow waist, like wide hips. 
pretty sexualized for you know a movie that's directed towards children more more covered than you would find most princesses True. at least at least they are dressed weather appropriate which although most sometimes they aren't are because like elsa after she turns everything into winter is still wearing like the top of her dress is still mostly exposed like her but shoulders does she get and cold Maybe I mean, not. I'm not that like, isn't it? She does say the I cold sort of never bothered me anyway. Yeah, you're welcome right. for my beautiful singing voice. Thank you. I would um, have to imagine she, but also it's like that is a choice. She that has is. more hair than a human. I know that. Uh, she <laughs> she Wait, has she has <laughs> upon her head mm-hmm. more hair than a human than I, like a, an actual person would yeah. have if she it's a lot of hair. It's yeah. If you okay. count the strands, which. I have you, not, oh, okay. but I've read about. I, uh, excuse me? <laughs> oh, wait, okay. We see these two characters in this very specific body type that we see over and over again in Disney movies. And there's nothing wrong with having a body type like this. But when it's pretty much the only representation of a body type that you see in these movies that are largely being seen by young girls. Yes. Yeah. These characters in these movies are influencing these young audiences. And I think that movies have the responsibility to show a vast range of body types and skin colors and everything else. But when they're almost always like this hourglass, very thin waist, very by Western standards, conventionally the ideal that is irresponsible and and that goes beyond just the movie too because when we're talking about disney movies we're also talking about merchandising and like what are studio executives and people with money Mm -hmm. comfortable putting out into the world right because kids are i mean as someone working at a school when this fucking movie came out every kid had frozen merchandise oh and the dolls right so yeah and it's like if you see that same image over and over and over like this is the body you're gonna see every kid has merchandise with this body type mm-hmm. on it this skin color this like yeah yeah it's just it's there's no argument that it doesn't uh fuck with you to some mm-hmm. extent and there's no there's no alternative with this movie with the type of body that you see right it's just really uh, the only difference you get is the number of braids. <laughs> yeah. You get the one or you get, you get the two. two. Uh-huh. But That's filled right. with more hair than... 400,000 strands I'm seeing. That's more than a what? human. That's a lot. It's a lot of CG hair. Yeah. <laughs> Render that head. <laughs> Hackers. Render that head. <laughs> Render this head of hair. <laughs> you dirty little Hackers. <laughs> Oh, so speaking of the songs, the Fixer Upper song, I find Which is the to be fifth worst song. The fifth song. worst, yes. Third best. <laughs> no, we are not framing them that way. To second, fifth worst. Third best. That song, again, one of the many scenes in this movie that is unneeded, but it just drives home the point of this movie's agenda of like still having Anna be in a like romantic relationship or a potential right. one. Because like he brings her there to his adopted family of troll people and he's like, hey, she's dying. And we're like, we don't care about that right now. Actually, we're going to sing a song about how you should love our son. And it's just like, why is that there? Why is that a focal point? Right. There's a part in the song where they say like something about how like how he hides that he's the honest good, which is oh, such a weird yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like he's a real nice guy, but you wouldn't know it. Based on the way he treats you. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm sw- I'm taking Wow. You know so what? Fixer changing. Upper is now fourth worst and Build a Snowman is 
fifth fifth worst <laughs> okay i'm i'm okay with that switch okay yeah. cool i'm okay <laughs> great okay so then the next story beat after that song is when the trolls are like hey you need an act of true love to melt this frozen heart mm-hmm. They interpret that to mean because, you know, they've probably read a bunch of fairy tales themselves. These trolls. (laughs) The trolls. (laughs) DreamWorks trolls. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone involved are like, oh, yeah, that must mean a true love's kiss. Mm -hmm. There's another attempt at them subverting. Right. I think this movie sends a positive message to its young viewers that rather than a hetero kiss between a man and a woman, it was like the familial love between two sisters that saves the day. Mm. Because up until that point, most Disney fairy tales where if there is a curse to be broken or if there is something that needs to be fixed, it is often a hetero kiss that saves the day. Right. So at least this movie does not go in that direction. There is a kiss, though, at the end. I think this is noteworthy because Kristoff asks for consent. In, he does. True. He does. She says... Actually, that's a great point. Yeah. Because she replaced his sled that she fucked up like she said she would. Mm. Anna did. Fair. Um, she's rich. She's extremely wealthy. That was the only thing I thought when she's like, I'll replace it and everything in it. I was like, well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So he's really happy about his new sled. And he's like, oh, my God, I, I'm so happy I could kiss you. But I won't. But uh, uh, could I? May we? Can I, would, uh? And then she's like, you may. Mm-hmm. And she gives him a little peck on the cheek. And then mm-hmm. he's like, oh. and then they go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the Caitlin kiss sound is my worst nightmare. <laughs> It sounds like you're taking something. From <laughs> yeah. I'm sucking the soul out of everyone yeah. I kiss. <laughs> or a cartoon character running away really fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Leaving the frame. Yeah. So I think this movie does send a very positive message to its young audiences that asking for consent to kiss someone is actually hot. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's hot and it's cute and it should be done more often. Yes. So uh, that, I think, is worth noting. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Elsa's powers. Her chirokinetic magic? Whoa, is that what it's called? Yeah. (laughs) Off the top of my head, yeah. Cryokinetic magic. Wow. Who she only shares this powers with uh, Iceman from the Uh X-Men and Sub-Zero from... Mortal Kombat. What about? Wow, I forget the yes, character's name and, and some other things too. But I, I yeah, those are the only ones I can. What about Mister Freeze? Mister Freeze himself. Yeah. Or, oh, Wait, I'm thinking, no, I'm of thinking Batman. About Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. Yes. Who? What's the character? Oh, is it Freeze? Oh, Fro- Fro- Frozone from The Incredibles. Oh. I think it's Frozone. Frozone. That's that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that really the name of the character? No, I have no idea. No, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, oh. it is. Frozen. Frozone. Wow. Frozen. That's, well, a lot of characters, it turns out, have this power. Yeah. This, what is it? Cryo- uh, it's, of course, cryokinetic <laughs> magic. Oh, of course. Of course it is. Anyway, are sure. all the characters that you mentioned, all the other ones, are they all, were they all men? Uh, yeah. Sub-Zero, I think, is the only one I'm on the fence about. 
but it probably is that the Mortal Kombat one. I can't mm-hmm. believe that character's name is Frozone. <laughs> That's it's like yeah, Ozone, it's but Frozen. Sub Zero. What's yeah, it but say? the only black character in that movie is named Frozone. Yeah, it's not good. That's not good. Well, <laughs> guess we got to do an Incredibles episode. Yeah, like, well, oh, that can't be right. The sequel's coming out. It's true. True. Um, what is Sub Zero's thing he says? Because you're about to get real cold. Because Scorpion <laughs> says, "Get over here." One of my favorite bad movies, Jack Frost. Oh, yeah. I recently just watched that. <laughs> Very that, recently. That movie's crazy. My Christmas book- time I watched it. Re- wait, who This Christmas, you? 2017. The Michael Keaton one? Yes. Who made you Who made you watch it? I think it might have been self-inflicted. <laughs> <laughs> that one, because doesn't the, he's like a bad dad who dies. He's like a rocking blues mu- mu- magician. In like a cover band. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, it seems like they're going to get signed. I don't know if they're a cover <laughs> band, but it, they might as well be. He dies. He dies. And then comes back as a terrifying anthropomorphic snowman yep. and has to repair his relationship with his children. It's horrible. Yeah, it's real It's bad. really scary. Yeah, I've never Very seen it. scary. And it works. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's the scariest part of all. So in movies, when women are given powers, they are usually either an evil witch or a supervillain. Examples include the Wicked Witch of the West, Ursula, the Evil Queen from Snow White, Melissa, Maleficent, Melissa, McCarthy. Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> wow, tell us how you really feel about Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> Jesus, she's an evil witch. Um, <clears throat> what I meant to say is, I have loved that new element of Bexel Castle. <laughs> Caleb believes Melissa McCarthy is pure evil. (laughs) Um, But who I actually think is evil is Maleficent. There we go. There it is. Uh, From Sleeping Beauty, the Ice Queen witch from The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe, Uh, Mystique from X-Men. We've got Poison Ivy where there's a whole laundry list of others. So it's either that or if a woman is given powers in movies. She's perceived as being like too dangerous and that she should not harness these powers and that or that she just shouldn't like use them in general. Um, we see this from like Rogue in X-Men. I feel like this is a thing in Wanda from the Avengers, Princess Leia. We don't even know she has force powers pretty much until like five movies into the franchise. The love fairy in Pussy Saga is Oh wow. Uh doesn't use her powers right away, but then once she's liberated, uh another great example. <laughs> just naming a lot of lore. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Did you but- beat the game? It's impossible to beat the game. Oh, it actually yeah. ends up kind of becoming this existential nightmare where you're said that. You're, Is that why it says you won't last five minutes? You're given you you can last ten hours and not. They give you a goal and then I achieved the goal and there was nowhere no one acknowledged that I achieved the goal and they're like you should give all your points and open a, a movie theater and it ends up being this weird real estate scam well, it's an existential no one nightmare probably plays it for 10 hours yeah like they know they like... don't expect you to get that far yeah <laughs> i was completely horny neutral and <laughs> horny played neutral. for 10 straight hours and i was like i'm ready to rescue the poet sappho which was the goal set at the beginning of the game and yeah. then i went to the love fairy who had given me the phone where i get all the hentai sex <laughs> Uh, after I solve every puzzle, it's my reward. Sure. Is my hentai sex. And I return the phone. I say, here, here's the come of five women, as I told you I'd bring back, release the poet Sappho. And she says, do you want to open a movie theater? And that you can't. <laughs> and then you just, they drop it. They don't expect you to get that far. Wow. 
Rude. Dude. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I, with women having powers. Right, 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 yes. right, right, right. Uh, when men have powers in movies, it's like makes them strong and powerful. There are some e- exceptions, and sometimes, yes, like they have to keep them a secret from their family or from whatever. But by and large, a man having powers in movies means he's a superhero or he's going to save the day and he's just strong and powerful. Or even if he's like a villain, like he's still crafty, cunning, like, wow, like, look how cool. So this applies to this movie, Frozen, because she is given this like awesome power. We don't really understand where it comes from or why this happens, but there's, you know, it's a magical world with stone troll people and snowmen that can come to life. So sure, those are the rules of the world and we just suspend our disbelief, I guess. Any but- world where jo- Josh Gad can exist freely. <laughs> Including ours. <laughs> I have a problem with. But so she's given powers, but the whole time she is encouraged not to use them or that it's going to be too dangerous. And it's just like this. Uh, I feel like if a, a little boy discovered that he had these same powers, his parents in whatever movie it was would be like, wow, these are cool. You have to harness these and learn how to like channel them and make yourself right. awesome. Well, I think that the story at least gives you a reason why they try to suppress her powers, which is that she hurts her sister. Right. I think that the punishment uh, that they come up with, given that they seem to have unlimited means, is a little harsh and they could have uh, maybe consulted uh, another third party. But I guess the trolls are like, uh, keep But like, why? Forever. That's so stupid. Yeah, that's like, I thought was <laughs> yeah, bad writing. I don't understand why they had to be keep them separated as the uh, and then also yeah. like realistically we're supposed to believe they actually remain separate that whole time when even they when they were dead away right <laughs> even when their parents, the parents were dead right yeah. i'm like why couldn't you just hang out now like their funeral they didn't go to that or You're, was the whole funeral just putting that piece of black cloth drape over there? Draped it over there. Yeah. Dra- drape a Malfoy over here. <laughs> drape a <laughs> Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> drape a Malfoy that thing up and send it off. Oh. But they. Um, oh, what I was going to say is I feel like her powers being suppressed is obviously. I feel like the movie at least makes it clear that they're doing the wrong thing by doing that. Mm-hmm. And that eventually by the end of the movie, it is changed and she is able to recognize that her powers do have value and it's just a matter of how she uses them. But I had a problem with that I don't think this happens with male characters at least as often and I don't watch movies where people have superpowers very much because I'm a fucking adult Mm -hmm. so I don't really know. But the fact that Elsa's powers every time it goes wrong is because her powers are sort of dictated by her emotions is something that I found a little bit annoying of like, well, she just can't get her emotions under control, which is a common criticism of women. Yeah. So that's why her powers keep hurting people is because like her emotions aren't in check. That's not that's not something you hear about when a guy's like, I mean, there's a million montages of a man honing his powers, but it's not quite as put upon as like, well, you're you're like emotions are an issue. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's that's like a fairy tale version of saying like. Women be crazy. Right. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. So that was my ish. And yeah, the movie does make an attempt to say like, oh, this was the wrong way to go about this because her suppressing those emotions that apparently like exacerbate her ice powers. I'm sorry, her cryo. It's of course called cryokinetic magic. magic. <laughs> But still, it's like by the end, she like she hones her powers by keeping her emotions more in check. 
right? Like, I feel like that's not fully... Uh, well, I don't know. you could argue that, to me, it's she realizes that love and, like, letting people in is the thing that allows her to control... Or that at least allows her to unfreeze the eternal winter and mm-hmm. to, like, thaw it all it's out. Being but that's also is a horrible lesson. <laughs> <laughs> if you're vulnerable, you'll just get gaslighted by a YouTuber. That's what happens when you're vulnerable with yourself. Well, the problem is, I think, I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I don't think this movie is very good or very well written, <laughs> is that the rules of her powers and just the world building in general yeah. is not very good. And it leads to some story problems and stuff like that. But um, yeah, at least the movie, as we've discussed before, subverts enough of the like Disney fairy tale tropes that it isn't like another replica of some of the more problematic ones that we've talked about like Snow White. Right. Um, so I mean Frozen job. is considerably less problematic than most princess movies mm-hmm. but it's still that does not mean it does a good job that is just such a low bar to clear right <laughs> perhaps all of these problems will be fixed in frozen 2 november 24th 2019 is that really happening is that your plug yeah that's my plug <laughs> i'd like to plug frozen 2. it really needs a big marketing boost yeah i i hope so i mean i would be interested in because I mean, you think between late 2013 and now, there has been a pretty significant cultural shift Mm -hmm. uh, that I would hope would be reflected in the movie, but I don't know. And speaking of, okay, so I, a lot of, I remember at the time of this coming out, a lot of the conversation around this movie was that some people felt, and it is certainly not explicitly stated by the movie in any way and carefully done to not state that Mm -hmm. that Elsa is coded queer Mm. right that's something I've heard over and over yeah again it's like especially like even a couple years ago Disney would never like Disney notoriously codes characters queer but as bad as villains queer villains like that is their bread and butter and then this way I think it's interesting that many people read Elsa as coded queer I don't disagree with it I certainly see what they're saying but I I feel like part of the reason that that is and it is ultimately a net positive thing I think Mm -hmm. uh for for kids seeing the movie but I think that the reason that happened is because she started as a villain in the first draft of the character, oh. she was a queer villain character. They softened her to the point where she was an equally likable character to the protagonist. But like that element of the character, I think, like to some extent, stayed intact because mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like the, the way that Disney codes characters as queer, besides evil, is alone. Well, that's what I was going to ask is what is the reason that people were perceiving her or feeling that she was coded as being queer? Is it only because she doesn't have a love interest? I think that that's part of the reason. I'd have to go go deep into Mm – like I think that there's a a number of ways to come at it. I know that – for a lot of people, I mean, just based on the research I did, when the movie came out, people interpreted her being isolated and not pursuing any love interest in the movie as a possible way of queer coding, which mm. is kind of like depressing when you think about it. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, a queer character has to be alone and mm-hmm. a straight character has to end up with someone. Like it just, the the rules of that world become very fucked right. very quickly. And with straight characters 
in this movie is an example, there's often more than one person pursuing her because she's got, I mean, Hans ends up being right. a bad guy who's not actually a love interest of hers, but she doesn't know that until toward the end. Yeah. So mm-hmm. As far as she's concerned, he loves her and he's her fiance. And then meanwhile, like, Kristoff is like the scrappy, mean person who is also secretly developing a crush on her, but you could never tell her that because he's too mean or whatever. But yeah, that I'd be interested to learn more about that. There was, do you remember though, there was like that big movement on Twitter. I remember this just from being a frequent tweeter. Mm. Uh, There was like, brag. uh, Sorry. (laughs) Uh, But there was like, hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend. Like people were very deep into viewing Elsa as Mm. like a positive queer role model, Uh which again, I think is like a net positive move, but also that you have to dig through so many layers of creating meaning where the movie isn't necessarily giving you much to go on to find a queer character in a movie for kids is like frustrating. And right. Did- wasn't the most recent Beauty and the Beast the first time they had an Josh Gad? And it's Josh yeah. Gad, which it's is why I don't Josh hate Gad. him. No, he's... no. Wow. First of all, that like queer moment in Beauty and the Beast is total bullshit. Sure. And Josh Gad is horrible. Uh, but <laughs> getting back to <laughs> queer undertones in Frozen, uh, I'm seeing, and and this makes sense. I again, it's like open to interpretation, and everyone's going to view this movie differently. I viewed. Elsa's suppression of her powers as more of like a femininity thing of like here you're awesome but keep it hidden so that you are able to move through the world and Mm. you know like don't become too powerful I viewed that just seeing it today as like a feminine thing but a lot of people viewed that as the experience of being in the closet Uh Um, so Mm. that creates Elsa's arc as like hiding herself away from the world isolating herself because she's not comfortable with herself she doesn't know how to be around other people and I guess that that uh, is too many viewers read Mm. as the experience of being in the closet and then going back into the world as your authentic self. Looking at it through that lens, yeah, that's really interesting because she does have that let it go, very empowering song slash moment. It's the the seventh seventh worst song. (laughs) So that you could maybe argue is like a parallel to her coming out. Part of me is like, I guess that's kind of cool that they, if that was like their idea to kind of leave it open to interpretation so many different people could insert themselves into the experience right mm-hmm. and put their own experience into it but i it would be way more cool if there was a person that was like explicitly right because i don't think a lot of kids are like watching this and right. being the, right you know they're not and that's who the, that's again the intended audience of this movie so for children's movies things like that I feel like do have to be more explicit mm-hmm. because they're not going to get For the sure. subtext. Right, absolutely. I, I, absolutely, I, I agree. Uh, I just think it was interesting that it had such a profound yeah. effect. And then also the inverse of that being that churches got mad that Elsa didn't have a boyfriend. Oh. Uh, and, really? And, and also viewed that as queer coding of not mm. having a boyfriend equals you are gay, which is wow. bad news for me in high school. Uh, so anyways. Interesting. Yeah. So that is, I, I assumed, I because I, I was aware of that going into this and had a few notes to that. For some reason, I didn't remember that happening at all, but I am not as frequent of a tweeter, so maybe that's oh. why. There's... I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And that's something I'm very interested to see if they do anything with in Frozen 2 because it was such a big response. And Mm. it's like, are they going to do something 
good. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I can't imagine so. that Disney would commit to her being alone again for a whole movie. Right. But if they you give know? her a boyfriend, people will be well, mad. Of course. That, yeah, exactly. People yeah, definitely. People will be mad. Oh, so let's see. Jennifer Lee. I mean, I'm pretty d- down for Jennifer Lee, the writer. I don't know if she's writing Frozen 2. I hope she, she is. She is. Because oh. mm-hmm. it seems or, like she's I don't know pushing. if she's writing. She's at least directing it. Okay. Co-directing it, I mm. think, again. And there was a... Oh, she th- is the writer. There's been a few, like, little Frozen things, like the Olaf's Frozen Adventure. I didn't mm. see that. There's something called Frozen Fever that I hated. That sounds like <laughs> a, a paradox. Yeah. When I watched it, it made me realize that Frozen has been for kids all along and i was like wait a second this is a cartoon for children wow but it's also something that anyone of any age can enjoy yeah and i did if it appeals to them mm-hmm. personally i much prefer moana zootopia was great Do they sing in zootopia they don't. Mm. Well, something we see in Frozen that we don't see in Moana as much is that is Idea Menzel. <laughs> and I think that's really worth bringing up. Is one big thing Moana has going for it is A, it's a better movie. B, Josh Gad has nothing, not anywhere near it, mm-hmm. which is great. Moana 2, though. I know they recast Josh Gad as Moana. Oh wow! <laughs> it's actually people are freaking out that Josh Gad is Moana, which is what the poster says. <laughs> Josh Gad is Moana, Moana. too. Oh. Yeah, he's Moana too. <laughs> they jumped the shark. Moana has an evil twin. It's Josh Gad. It's insane. He appears as himself, a real man. Wow. In the Not even computer animated. No, just Josh Gad. Basically wearing screen. his Steve Wozniak outfit. It's horrible. Oh my God. It's horrible. Uh, but the theme of two strongly bonded women in a Disney movie who are not constantly being pitted against each other. We see Moana has a close connection with her family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like seeing Elsa and Aunt. Like, I hadn't seen a relationship like that in a kid's movie before of, like, a strong familial bond mm-hmm. between two characters that are very different. That And, I mean, we already sort of unpacked the visual aspect of it that's a problem. But, like... I don't know. I, th- I thought it was really nice, and I even teared up once or twice because Aww. I'm very fragile. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the the theme of, like, sisterly love and two strongly bonded women who have a sordid history and that one almost killed the other twice. <laughs> uh, it happens, <laughs> but they still are able to resolve their differences and... I don't know, just like someone you're close with when you're young and then you grow apart because whatever, your parents are on a bone and things. And <laughs> then you have to learn to love each other again as adults. I thought it was nice. That is nice. I think one of the problems with it, though, is that we don't see them on screen together that much. No. Because either Elsa is in seclusion or she just runs away and builds her ice palace. Like if you counted up the total amount of time that they are on screen together interacting I imagine that it's like eight minutes or less. Like it's a very small part. Of what the if movie. they get to know each other? They don't even really like each other. That would be a while. Frozen 2. <laughs> they barely have hung out with each other. Frozen 2, they like each other's posts on Instagram, but other than that, kind of radio <laughs> silence. <laughs> 
I, I, which is again another thing that I don't know. I don't know. I'm standing out for Jennifer Lee right now because I'm reading through all the stuff she pushed for in the movie that mm. they were just like fuck off. Yeah, because she was pushing for them to be together more in the movie. Uh, she was also pushing for them to know each other after their parents died, and the powers that be were like, no, we want them apart for the whole movie, which we can interpret as a way. To, I mean, there's I guess sort of a narrative reason to do that but by the end i think there's no excuse for them to be apart Mm -hmm. for so long right so you can shoehorn in all your bullshit josh gads (laughs) like keeping the two interesting female leads apart just gives them the opportunity to sprinkle in all these other dudes right yeah should we figure out whether or not this movie passes the bechdel test it does it does really early on Elsa and Anna as children Anna runs into the room she's like wake up let's play but then she says do you want to build a snowman yeah that's what I was wondering about is it passed the test if they're talking about snowman how come it's never snow woman how come no one is ever like let's go outside and build a snow woman or snow gender queer person that's cool my brother and I made a snow Tony Collette one year (laughs) (laughs) we were a Tony Collette household sure yeah Yeah, she's very talented. Yeah, she is. (laughs) We all felt that way. (laughs) Um, So that scene, I think there's at least a two-line exchange there. Later on, when they're both adults at the coronation ceremony, Elsa and Anna are like, oh my God, is this what a party looks like? And then we cut to a bunch of people standing around not really enjoying themselves. Uh, And then... I have had that thought a lot, though. (laughs) Is this what a party looks like? Yeah. And then they tell each other that they look beautiful, and then uh, they smell chocolate together, and then yes. Anna's like, I wish it could be like this forever, and Elsa's like, it can't because of my powers that you don't know about. I think that's pretty much the end of that conversation, but I would say that by and large mm-hmm. like passes the whole way through. I don't think there's any mention of any men there at all. They're not in that many scenes together. You think it would pass more frequently, but uh, it really doesn't. I think like the next time is when Anna is like, hey, will you give your blessing for me to marry Hans? And rightfully so. Elsa's like, no. No, bitch. Uh, But that does not pass the Bechdel test because they are talking about Hans. Later, though, when Anna goes to Elsa's ice palace, that passes because they're just like, hey, come back to Arendelle. Almost that whole scene passes. Yeah. Yeah. After that, it's probably not till the very end when they like reunite. Yeah. Um, There's opportunities that were missed right and left. If we had given, perhaps, I see a scene that I think would have made a lot of sense and would have worked would have been a scene between either the mother and Anna or the mother and Elsa. Mm-hmm. It would have helped the story and that would have been a way to shoehorn it in. If we have to have a fucking snowman, make it not be josh gad <laughs> cast cast, cast Melissa McCarthy. i was just gonna say They're... evil witch yeah. <laughs> caitlin's mortal enemy <laughs> melissa mccarthy i really like <laughs> melissa mccarthy i just want everyone to know it's um, crazy how evil you think melissa mccarthy is and we all disagree also, <laughs> we think there's a dartboard in the studio with melissa mccarthy's face <laughs> on it it's so weird because it's like she's so talented and she really like knew when to steal a scene in Gilmore Girls and when to hang back. <laughs> She's a giving performer. I think we should give her more credit, yeah, Kaylin. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, also, like, the main stone troll person could have been a woman and she could have talked to... The uh, moose, the reindeer could have been a woman. <laughs> whatever it was. 
Um, yeah, there were plenty of opportunities for this movie to pass it more, but it does pass. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, shall we rate on our nipple scale? Yeah. Zero to five nipples uh, based on its portrayal of women. This is another tough one where, like I said, I think it's net positive in terms of the message that it sends, particularly to its young audience, in that it shows women being active in the story. It shows them having agency and making choices that have bearing on the story. They are, for the most part, not damseled in any way, the way that a lot of Disney princesses are for most of the stories that they're in. Right. I think that having it not be a hetero love kiss that saves the day, but instead being a act of a yes love queen between sister. sisters, right, that solves the conflict, the asking for consent to kiss her at the end, I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a lot of good things to be taken away. But the fact that there's still several love stories that are feel kind of shoehorned in there that don't really need to be there. Mm -hmm. The fact that we don't see Anna and Elsa interacting more. The fact that their, you know, body types are the same body type we see over and over again in Disney princess movies and in uh, almost every movie in general. I think that there's still work to be done. So hopefully in Frozen 2. So come on, this year or next year? November 24th. This year? 2019. Oh, wow. Which, Whoa. which is next year. Right, I right, think. right. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. So uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half nipples. Maybe four? I don't know. Let's say 3.75. Okay. Wow. A first. Um, a first. Uh, yeah. 3.75. I'll give two to Anna, one to Elsa, the three fourths nipple to the mom who didn't say a damn word in the entire movie and then died tragically in a boat accident. Not unlike most of the people on Titanic. (laughs) True. Um, Hot. Yeah, very true. What if, oh my God, what if Elsa created the iceberg iceberg. in Titanic? She was so emotional. Women are too emotional and it sinks the Titanic eventually. Oh my God. (laughs) Women are bad. (laughs) Yeah, she probably like made a glacier in her like, you know, fury. Mm Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. flurry fury, her, yep, her yep. it is. Fury. And then it, it it breaks off centuries later. Right, floats into the Atlantic Ocean. The Titanic hits it. That's what happened. That's canon. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, who's next? <laughs> Whew. I'm gonna give it. I was gonna go two and a half. I think I'll go three. Okay. It frustrates me when movies like this because I liked this movie. There's so much net positive that you just described. I also think it's very significant that this is the first Disney animated movie that is at least partially directed by a woman, mm-hmm. written entirely by a woman. But now I'm going back to two and a half because <laughs> because there are so many missed opportunities and it really frustrates me when a movie tries to capitalize on how forward thinking it is when it still features so many themes and through lines that are regressive or at least maintaining a status quo True. that has existed in this these franchises for years and years so mostly I mean two and a half based on sheer missed potential of Mm -hmm. what this movie could have been I totally agree with what you're saying with reinforcing the like uh, conventional Western beauty standard body image on such a high level. Shoehorning in the love story was uh, obnoxious and not totally necessary. 
and just the missed opportunity for women to be present in this story that was actively thwarted by the movie itself by keeping women away from each other because their scenes together I really love and I think that they're like so nice and special Mm -hmm. and yeah taking the voice from the mom why do that like why is that necessary I don't know yeah it sucks because it's a good movie I think net positive and you know girls who are in school now and this is their movie are way better off than we were where oh, yeah. we were like oh the girl who fuck a dog is my hero <laughs> uh, who's that that's uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast oh Beans. right yeah of <laughs> the girl who French the dog is my is my favorite girl um, and, and I became off. that girl <laughs> You're always French and coyotes. I uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I, I'm approaching coyotes on the street, thinking, conflating it with true love. And it's going, confusing. <laughs> and we're even better off than our parents' generation were. That was like growing up. Yeah, with, they're like fall ugh. asleep. <laughs> Maybe someone will show up and kiss you without checking. Like, right. It does demonstrate progress. Progress is very slow, though. That's not an excuse, but it very it, it slow tends to be extremely slow but there are so many and and just like reading about how the writer director of this movie was trying to push it forward and was actively thwarted by the system she was working within sucks to i mean i'm glad she was pushing Mm -hmm. and i think that this movie would have sucked if she wasn't pushing yeah right really pushing so it's like progress but not enough progress i hate that it's still like princesses will sooner french a dog than be queer that's like (laughs) crazy um so two and a half for me one to anna one to elsa and i'm giving one to gad (gasps) wow charitable giving one to gad listen he needs a win from me personally (laughs) other than that he's very wealthy and doing great (laughs) yeah i think you spent more time talking about how much you hate them than anna and elsa appear on screen together in the movie frozen oh my part of the problem the only thing that i feel more strongly than loving women is hating josh Gad. <laughs> what if okay and also uh alfred molina as olaf <laughs> what if, okay oh. uh, any female identifying person or alfred, alfred molina, molina. Yeah. sure also this movie i have to go back it does not pass the bechdel test because josh, josh gad appears okay it. that's your opinion and All i right, do not yeah. stand a by new that. hard rule <laughs> new hard <laughs> <rule>. <laughs> <laughs> a new Bechdel test. Does Josh Gad appear in the movie? <laughs> uh, Chris? Okay, I wrote down three. Three nipples. Three nipples. Three nippies. A lot of the stuff about like the mom not speaking, that's pretty crazy. How there are literally only two or three potentially women in the movie. And one of them dies almost immediately. Right. And one of them is a troll whose right. name we never know and we don't know anything about her. Really. Yeah. I mean, I think if it was like on a scale of like all the Disney movies, then it would be like higher than three because this yeah. is until Moana. Right. Uh, Which we gave, I think, five nipples wow. across we were, the board. We were like coming that we entire were. episode. We're like, <laughs> 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 it is a very good movie. I love it so much. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, I have my issues with the. The songs. In the songs, mm, you know, right. of course. Yeah. To, oh, you've recopied your list. Well, just to make it clear for myself. <laughs> so just to clarify the Seventh worst song is Let It Go. Which is, you're also the best, but yeah, seventh worst. To me, it's the best. Yeah. Right. Number six worst is Love is an Open Door. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. a nice song. It is. Number five, I wish to build a snowman. 
right. Okay. Yeah. I wish to. Number four, Fixer Upper, the Trolls song. Mm-hmm. I see. I like the Trolls. I know that and, they're just backpacks. And like are them. they the Trolls? Are they the Dreamers? I never trolls? got the answer. No, no, because those are dreamers. They look like the trolls. But the, those trolls aren't made of stone. That's just like a weird but Jeffrey the Katzenberg. Same if you saw Cartman, out. but he was made of stone, you say, that's, that's Cartman. Cartman. No, I'd say that's... Who put Cartman in stone? <laughs> yeah. And can we help him? <laughs> yeah. And is that legal? Yeah, leave Cartman in stone. He but sucks. also, the, I can't watch South Park anymore because uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, they gave... Josh Gad is big break in the Book of Mormons. So they did. I actually don't fuck with Cartman anymore <laughs> oh because it's God. a little bit too close to Josh Gad being a relevant person. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry. And <laughs> he could play up. him in the live action movie one day. <laughs> you were given a list. Anyway, where was I? I'll start from the beginning. Number seven, again, <laughs> let it go. Love is an overdoor, build a snowman, fix her upper. Okay, for third worst, I'm a snowman, he won't kill me. <laughs> number two getting ready for the party is the second worst number one ice guys making ice is the worst song in the movie ice guys making yeah. ice is a terrible song and no and it's the only song no women appear in oh sure that's well we don't know how the ice identifies that on purpose. <laughs> that's true uh, well yeah. all right so what? three nipples and i give all three to whatever interesting character will be in the, revealed in the second Frozen that's coming out <laughs> wow. November 24th, 2019. <laughs> the three-nippled character we haven't <laughs> yeah. met yet. There's got to be something, mm-hmm. something either creepy, scary, or bad, hot. or hot. <laughs> the the four tenants of a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's like the National Honor Society. <laughs> Are you creepy? <laughs> Are you what were the four? Uh, creepy, scary, bad, or hot. <laughs> Those are the four things you have to be to get into National Honor Society. <laughs> well, I'm back to being mad. <laughs> okay, Chris, thank you so much for Thank being you here. so much for having me. We had so much fun talking about Frozen. Where can people find you online, follow you? What oh, would you like to go plug? to hotguywithglasses.com is my website mm. or chrisfarron.com. Both will send you to the same place. Oh, great. And on Twitter, Chris Farron. Instagram, Chris Farron. Facebook, Chris Farron. Uh, also, check out Chris's music. Yes. Oh, I'm a musician. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, thanks again so much for being here. You can follow the Bechtelcast on social media at Bechtelcast. You can give us gifts the way that Chris Farron's fan gave fans gave him. You only have one fan. Uh, <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> they just died in a boating accident, yeah. but it was a, a beautiful, beautiful boating accident. accident. <laughs> Yeah, the way your fans have given you frozen gifts. One of those gifts can be $5 a month to our Patreon, our Matreon, because that'll get you two bonus episodes. Uh, anyway, right. well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.